at Forest Town Church. Uh, it's great to be with you uh, today. Um, in case you haven't gathered, uh, Ant is away. Um, him and his family are having a, some well-earned downtime in Cornwall. So uh, we wish them the best of the English uh, summer weather we're enjoying right now. I've heard highs of 12 degrees, so um, <laughs> get out your sunscreen for that one. Um, in terms of testimonies, uh, here's an, a really encouraging story from the week. Um, you may not know, but STEP is an organisation which uh, uses this space um, and works in schools, but uh, have their offices here, uh, secondary schools across St Albans and Harpenden. And Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, we had the privilege of uh, welcoming over 250 young people within this space at church. And they looked at um, questions such as, um, what is a Christian? How much am I worth to God? What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? Uh, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? These are all questions that young people from uh, Townsend School in St Albans were exploring here at church. Um, real privilege. I think a standout moment for me was uh, a young girl in year nine uh, watching a video retelling of the prodigal son and just could just see tears welling up in her eyes as, as she heard this story probably for the very first time of what a perfect and loving father really is like and what God is really like. Um, incredible, really, really amazing moment. So do pray for the work of STEP here. If you want to know more about STEP, do come and speak to me because I also have that hat as well. Um, and if you want to get involved, you want to pray for the work, just come and have a chat with me. Uh, so in Ant's uh, absence, it's my privilege to continue our series on the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, we've been enjoying an amazing season of, of God and God's goodness and his presence with us. Um, I think Ant and Clive have done a, just a fantastic job of laying some foundations uh, for us in this area. Uh, do check out the podcast if you've missed any uh, in this series. They're well worth catching up on. We've heard so far how the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, he's God. We've, we've heard how he's involved throughout the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, uh, how the Holy Spirit is vital to the Christian life, and how the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And I don't know about you, but I've been really encouraged kind of week by week to see this kind of series building. And um, to top it all, last week, we, uh, Easter Sunday, we had baptisms uh, here, and we celebrated with Garth and with Kira, Chloe, and Haliska, and we continue to pray for those guys as they made the outward sign of the new life that is in them. Uh, so yeah, we're praying for them and we're rejoicing with them. Today I just felt like, I felt like God just wanted to do kind of like a little tune-up in our hearts and our minds, like a, like a, a tune-up of a, of a vehicle. Um, don't worry, this is not like when a mechanic looks at your car and goes, oh, this is, a, this, is a, this is a nice tune-up. This is where he kind of tells you, do you know what, I just think it just needs the oil changing or something like that. And you go, oh, great. Um, I just got that sense, you know, that God's uh, favour is really on us and he just wants to um, yeah, just encourage us a little bit this morning in a couple of areas, just do a bit of a tune-up in our hearts and minds. Is that okay? Brilliant. Uh, so let's, um, let's start off with how it's very simple. Anna Clive have been laying some foundations for us in this area. And I want to draw out two things they've, they've spoken about and just remind us of them. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need reminding of truths which I already know, but they kind of need to embed in my heart. So here's just two simple truths for you. First truth is this. We need to be convinced that we need the Holy Spirit. If we're going to ask the Father to fill us, we need to be convinced that we need the Spirit. For some of us, um, sadly, our Christian journey kind of stops at the cross 
We, we understand our, our, our sinful nature, we understand the mistakes we've made, we understand that we fall short, and we understand we need Jesus, his grace, his forgiveness, and all of that. And so we accept that to wash away and start a new relationship with our Father. But what about the Holy Spirit? Do we need him? If we're not convinced of our need for the Holy Spirit, we'll, we'll kind of struggle on and slip into a joyless striving to be accepted by, the, by God. So it will start with grace, but so easily we can slip into then trying to carry on with what we've got. The Father has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to live a new life. He's, he's God with us, inside us. It's, he's the very best gift God could give us, himself. Who doesn't need that gift, the gift of God himself? I know I do. It's funny, we live in a world, don't we, where advertisers so often convince us of stuff we don't need. Uh, that we, we managed to convince us that we do. I am a die-hard um, Apple addict. Uh, you know, I've got the, got the MacBook I get to use to work, I've got the iPhone, you know, I'm everything Apple, you know, Joel would be proud of me. And, but even, even I'm struggling to understand why I actually need an Apple Watch. I, I, don't, I don't actually know why I need one. But yet I strangely want one. Like even then, even though I don't know I need it, I, I kind of strangely want one anyway. It's funny, advertisers commits us the opposite. But we really, really do need the Holy Spirit. And it's strange that sometimes we, we've managed to convince ourselves that in some way we don't. We, we find that we, we think of it almost like an optional extra to the Christian life for the few special ones or something. Think about the disciples. For three years, they spent time with Jesus. They heard him teach again and again. They spent time with him, saw his life. They came to understand who he was. They saw him crucified. They saw him then risen from the dead, the very risen Jesus. And yet in John 20, uh, 20 22, we read that he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And again, in, in Acts 1, uh, verses 4 and 5, Jesus tells them, wait in Jerusalem. Don't go until you receive the power and the gift my Father has promised, for you will be baptised in the Holy Spirit. If this is true for the disciples who spent time with Jesus all that time, it must be true for us too. You know, we need the Holy Spirit. And Paul writes um, to the Ephesians. He gives them a command. He says, do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, he reminds us that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Remember what we learned from our Galatians series together. After beginning with this, the Spirit, Paul asked them a question, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? He's trying to say, it was a work of a spir the Spirit that brought you to faith, that made you alive in Christ. Don't try to go on without the Spirit. Don't try to go on, on, your whole on your own effort. So the truth is we need the Holy Spirit. And to act that we, like we don't is actually dishonouring of God. Okay, so, so first truth, we need the Holy Spirit. Second truth, we need to be convinced of. It's really simple. God is a good Father and he wants to give us the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is a good Father, he wants to give us the Holy Spirit. We've been singing the song recently, often actually. He's a good, good Father. That's who he is. That's who you are. <laughs> We're speaking to him. And it's a really good truth just to be reminded of. He's a good father. He loves to give good gifts to his children. He has good plans for us. That's the guts of, of Jesus' teaching in Luke 11. He's teaching his disciples to pray. 
um, to God and, and, and what to pray for. And he, he, he seems to focus on just to remind them he's a good father. He says in uh, chapter 11, verse 9, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Then he goes on to compare the perfect, our perfectly heavenly father with our imperfectly earthly fathers and says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give gifts, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's a promise. When we're asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not trying to twist God's arm and to do something that he doesn't want to, to do or give us something he doesn't want to give. We can approach God with confidence because we're asking for the very gift he's promised us. And this promise is for everyone. In Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Turn to your neighbour and just say, all. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see, will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Last time I checked, all includes me. The only confusing part of this verse is working out, am I an old man who's going to get dreams or a young man who's going to see visions? I did just uh, celebrate my birthday yesterday, uh, which very much made me older. Um, I must as well say, on as a side, my home group seems to have got me bottles of alcohol, which I don't know if that means they think I should drink more alcohol or less. <laughs> so, it's, all, it's for all of us. Again, in John chapter 7, verses 7, 37 to 39, Jesus stands up on the greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles and says, if anyone is thirsty, turn to your neighbour and say, anyone. <laughs> if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of water will flow within them. What if a, what A.W. Tozer said is true? We can have as much of God as we want. We need the Holy Spirit. God is a good Father who wants to give us the Holy Spirit. That sounds really simple. I'd love to just stop there. You'd all love me to stop there. Um, but we do, we do tend to complicate things. So why does it get complicated? Well, I want to just run through some really quick reasons of how we manage to complicate it. And I'm not doing these... Um, in order to make it all feel guilty or anything like that. This is a gentle tune-up. This is a, just if you kind of catch one of these in your heart and go, yeah, that's probably a bit true for me, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit just to put his finger on it and help you to, to kind of work through that and go, okay, let's, I need to hear the truth on this one. Okay? Um, you can go through them in your head if you like and mentally kind of tick them off, but I'll just warn you, if anyone shouts bingo at the end of the nine, um, the ministry team are on duty today and they might descend on you and pray for you. So you're warned on that one. Okay. Let's start with the first one. False humility. Clive covered a bit of this. Um, he mentioned this. We, some of us, when we decide, well, the Holy Spirit's really just for the flamboyant Christians. That, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those who kind of is too loud or, or shows off in any kind of way. You know, I just, this is just plain old simple me. So you know, I, I, I just want to keep things just simple and, and me. I don't want to... Uh, be flamboyant like those. But the truth of the matter is, actually, this is kind of an upside-down form of pride. Um, as we re read earlier, we need the Holy Spirit. Um, refusing God's gift isn't being humble. 
True humility isn't thinking less of yourself that you're not worthy. It's thinking of yourself less. The world around you needs the spirit-empowered you. God's got good gifts for you, and the world around you needs you spirit-empowered, who God made you to be. Some of us, secondly, then some of us have a bit of a fear of the unknown. We get fearful of what's going to happen. Will some kind of force overtake us? Will we bark like a dog or fall on the floor? Or What's going to happen? You know, and if that's my fear, let me encourage you. The Holy Spirit is one with the Father and the Son. He is good. Also, really practically, let's, um, let's talk about maybe one of the gifts for a moment. Because I, I very much felt like this. Um, take, for example, speaking in tongues as a gift of the Spirit. I very much felt like, well... What's going to happen here? Am I going to have some kind of weird force overtake me and I'm going to be unable to like, control my mouth? What happens with this? Um, and it's, it's not like that. It's very much sim- simply you open your mouth to start and you close your mouth to stop. It's not a, a thing that you're overtaken. The Holy Spirit is a gift that he, he enables you with. And I think it's similar with other gifts as well. Um, so there's a partnership between us and the Holy Spirit. It, it's, like, um, it's like a dance but he's definitely the leader. Um, and God doesn't overtake you in a way that somehow violates your will. So relax, he's good, he's got good gifts for you. Um, it's more like a tuning in to him and maybe a kind of like a surrendering. So maybe we have false humility or a fear of the unknown. Some of us also will have some past hurt in this area. Maybe, maybe even at church, uh, there's been, you've had experiences where someone has told you, I've got a prophetic word for you, and it's turned out not to be true, and it's even turned out to be harmful. Or maybe someone says they're going to pray for you, and they've shoved you over on the floor for some reason. Can I just say sorry? Uh, these things do happen within churches, and they shouldn't, and I'm, I'm sorry, we are, we're broken people. Don't let past hurt think in this area hold you back from the future that God has for you. Yeah. It's good to acknowledge and say that sometimes people get things wrong. But there's good, there's good here in the, whole, in the Holy Spirit wants for you. It's not the Holy Spirit who, who's that. That's us that's, that gets things wrong. So if, if you've kind of maybe got some experiences maybe around this area which have been, have been difficult, can I encourage you? Why don't you chat to your small group leader, chat to the ministry team here, Get some prayer over that area, but don't let what kind of past experience maybe hold you back from what God has for you in the future. When we say this is for everyone, it is for everyone. And kind of linked to like past hurt, maybe some of us have some disappointment as well. Maybe you feel like you've been up for prayer to be filled with the Spirit and, and nothing happened. Maybe you just are kind of a bit worried about being disappointed. What happens if I ask God for this gift and nothing happens? What, what do I do then? The promise that God is a good father is for you. Okay? Rather than focusing on any particular experience, he, he promises the Holy Spirit, and that is good. So whatever that looks like doesn't so much matter, but you can have trust in the Father is good, he has good gifts for you, that's a promise. And it's for everyone, it's for all. So we don't need to prescribe to God what that looks like and go chasing some kind of experience Asking you will receive is just a simple promise that God has given us. So number five, some of us may feel that, as, like as, as a Christian, I'm quite young in my faith. Uh, or maybe I'm just actually quite young in years. Maybe you feel like this is something for a more mature Christian being filled with the Spirit. Or you know, have to be older. 
What does the Joel passage say? He will pour out his Holy Spirit on all people. Everybody say all. Everybody say all. <laughs> all people, young and old. Let me encourage you, sometimes if you're new to faith or young in years, you actually have a simplicity in your relationship with God, which is so precious, so precious. You know, sometimes some of the greatest miracles or, or most powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit can happen when we just have a very simple faith. Don't discount yourself because you are young or because you are young in the faith. God wants to use you. God wants to fill you. Number six, striving. Some of us feel like, well, we're not, it's not that we're too young, it's that we're just, we're too broken, or we've, we've made too many mistakes, or if we just clear, cleaned up our act together a bit, then maybe God could fill us and use us. You know, maybe if I just need to get this sorted first, or this sorted first in my life. But the wonderful truth of the Christian faith is it's all about grace. God loves you as you are. God will bless you and choose you as you are. You don't have to wait to be different or change in order for God to fill you and bless you. He loves you and wants to bless you as you are. And the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace that comes to transform us from the inside out. He comes to transform us on the inside. So almost like when you're trying to get yourself in a good place so God can use you, it's like stopping you from the very thing he wants to do, which is to come and change you and from the inside out. The Holy Spirit will produce good fruit in your life. Don't discount yourself because you think you need to change. Number seven, control. If you're anything like me, and this is one of mine, you sometimes really struggle to let go of control of things. I get very used to telling God exactly how he can move and what he can do and where he starts and when he starts, and sometimes that can get in the way of God coming and doing what he wants to do. We need to let go of of an element of control, allow God to move if he wants to. We need to understand there's an element of surrender. That's why we're quite keen in our our times of musical worship. Uh, We sense God's presence with us, just to leave some space. Because it's kind of like saying, Holy Spirit, you're the worship leader here. What do you want to do? And, And he's just giving people space to connect with him and the band time to connect with him and ask, okay, where would you like to go? What would you like to do? This is really important that we're not so in control that we have to direct where things go. We're dependent on God. Number eight, um, this is also one of mine, is offence. The Holy Spirit can sometimes move in surprising ways or come in unexpected packages. I know I went to a youth event uh, at St Paul's, a few of us were there uh, recently, and it was a time uh, with, ooh, remind me, Cheryl, who? Joe Moody, thank you. And uh, before, she was, before she started to speak, there was um, just a young person there um, who uh, had Tourette's, musician Tourette's. Um, but I didn't know this, so I kind of sat there every couple of, um, every couple of seconds. I just heard a kind of high pitched beep, beep. And it's, as I was kind of, kind of worshiping and singing, it was that, you know, that kind of feeling of being like, oh, that's really annoying. Who's doing that? Why are they doing that? Are they showing off? Is it a Holy Spirit thing? What's, what's that about? Grr, grr, grr. And I got really offended, <laughs> really angry, which is completely unfair on a poor young person, actually, who just has a condition. And the, what was really telling is all the St. Paul's young people who knew them didn't bat an eyelid. They're just worshiping God. It's funny, isn't it, how easily you can get offended by something and have, be completely wrong. 
You know, and I remember the first time I was in a meeting where someone started to laugh spontaneously in the spirit. And it really annoyed me. And I was like, will that person be quiet? I'm trying to hear the talk or it's really disrupting the music. And so I'm, here's me getting really, really angry because somebody else is getting really, really happy. <laughs> so at that point, you know that maybe you've got a little bit of problem with being offended. Can we make a decision in our hearts with each other not to judge each other in those ways? Don't go down those paths. Let's not judge each other. We don't need to. Okay, what God does with someone else might be different to how he works with you. That's fine. You don't need to make a judgment about it. And it's hard, but we need to turn off that part of us which will be offended by that. It's fine to be discerning. It's absolutely fine to be discerning in, in, with things, but you need to, we need to not judge each other with what God's doing. And interestingly, that thing about la- holy laughter. Well, I don't know much about this area, but let me mention it. I have, a, I have at least one friend who, ha- after having an experience of being filled with the Spirit and laughing, has, was greatly delivered of, a, of depression, which they've been struggling with for years. It's amazing what God comes and does. You know, uh, who am I to judge how God works with someone? Okay? And just because maybe I've not had that experience w- with me doesn't mean I need to judge someone else. Okay. So let's not put God in a box. Let's not make judgments on each other. Let's not be offended in those kind of ways. And number nine, self-reliance. Here's my last one, and it's probably, a, probably the most convincing one in my life, the biggest one in my life. If we're not really convinced that we need the Holy Spirit, we can really struggle with self-reliance. It stems from the belief that we need to fix everything, that we need to do everything. It's like a car that goes on the wrong fuel. We're going back to tuning up. It's like you've got the wrong fuel in there and it's just sort of juddering and juddering on because it's trying to go on uh, work on something it was never designed to work on. In the same way, you are designed to receive and, uh, and run on God's love, God's spirit. That's how you were designed to, to live this life. Not in what you can muster, not what you have. Listen to God's word again on this. If anyone is thirsty, Jesus says, come to me and drink. We have this treasure in jars and clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And he says, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need the Holy Spirit. Don't get caught in sort of self-reliance. Turn to your neighbour and say, none of those applied to me, but you should probably listen. (laughs) Let's go back to those simple truths. We need the Holy Spirit, uh, and God is a good Father, and he wants to give us good gifts. Let's tune in our hearts to those truths, and let's prepare the ground of our hearts so that we come hungry and thirsty for him. Remember the prophetic encouragement that uh, Ken Grenfell brought, those who were there the other week. Um, He said that as a church, we're going to see new breakthrough, sometimes even doing some of the same things, because of a strengthening in the Spirit. Amen to that, church? Amen. So, I'm just going to check. We're all right on the back with the sound. Does it echo a bit? I'll move this a bit, Brian, see if it helps. Any better? Okay. Um, I want to finish by thinking a little bit about um, the positive reasons to seek more of the Spirit. We've kind of looked at the tuning up our hearts, but maybe some of the things we want to watch out for. Why are we encouraged to continually go on being filled with the Spirit? 
Well, way back in my Anglican days, my older reverend told a story. And he said that he'd worked at a garage and they'd asked him to change the oil sump on a lorry. And uh, he'd never done this before. So he goes under the lorry, and the oil sump is like where the kind of, I'm told, apparently, mechanics are not really my thing, but it's told where all the kind of the oils and things collect in the lorry, all the kind of the, the liquids from the engine have collected. So he goes under the lorry, and he's, he's, you know, he's got a bucket, and he empties up this thing, and he's draining a liquid into this bucket. And after a while, the bucket kind of gets half full, and he's thinking, I wonder how, I wonder how long this is going to take. I wonder how much is in here. And a few minutes later than that, it's now getting towards the top and he's starting to panic. He's thinking, I'm going to need another bucket. This, this is crazy. It just keeps going and going and going. So eventually he kind of is getting towards the top. He's thinking, I'm going to need to go and find another bucket. So he comes out from under the lorry and he gets to the top and he sees the guys at the top of the engine pouring in oil at the top of the engine as a practical joke and it's just going straight through. Let me offer this as a bit of a picture for what the Christian life is supposed to be like. God pours in his presence, his love, his spirit, and it flows through us and to the world around us. We are blessed to be a blessing, and we are called to be a channel of his blessing. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. And the reason the measure is running over is that it will, it will overflow to others, the world around us. In Genesis 12:2, God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And it seems to me that some parts of the Western church have, have got this a bit backward and have forgotten this. And there's a sort of, I don't know what to call it, but like a conference junkie kind of uh, culture which can go around where people go from a conference to conference seeking bigger and bigger experiences in the Holy Spirit but there's there's no outflow there's no outflow to the world around it's kind of a consumerist kind of culture Jesus says the opposite give and it will be given to you as a story I came across um, in 2 Kings 7 where God's people are in the midst of a siege. Israel are besieged, and they are literally starving to death. There's no food anywhere because the Arameans have surrounded them. And four men with leprosy are at the gate, and they say to each other, well, we might as well go on and surrender. We're going to die here. We're running out of food. We, you know, we're we're going to die here. We might as well go and surrender. Maybe they'll be kind to us. So they sneak off to the camp, to the Aramean camp, first thing in the morning to go and surrender. But when they get there, they find nobody's there, nobody's home. God has caused the, caused the Arameans to hear chariots and horses, and they've all panicked, and they've all run for their lives, run away, deserted their camp. So all the provisions are still there. So when the four guys get there, well, it's like, it's like students at an all-you-can-eat buffet. They go mad, you know. It's like, great, you know, the food's all here. And so they're, they're there, and they also find gold and silver, and so they you know, they're gathering up all the gold and silver, and then, then they think, well, we're going to go and hide this. We've got all this treasure. So they, they go and hide the treasure, and so they're eating, and they're hiding treasure. And then it dawns on one of them, what we're doing isn't right. All of a sudden, they stop. And it says in 2 Kings 7, 9, what we're doing isn't right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they realized, this isn't just for us, this is for everyone. 
So they go back, and after a bit of convincing, Israel's like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. And they come, come in, and everyone is able to eat again. You see, we are blessed to be a blessing. The world needs Spirit-empowered believers. And I'm finishing with this. As we look to the Holy Spirit for a closer relationship with Him, as we ask for our, His blessing in our lives, let that blessing flow to those around us. Amen? Amen. In a minute, we're going to uh, share communion together. And I'd like to invite you, uh, as we do that, perhaps one of those things that we, I said earlier resonated with you particularly, or one or two resonated with you. Why don't you just ask someone you came with uh, to pray uh, with you, and just to say, yeah, this, this kind of, my heart needs a bit of a tune-up in this area. Would you pray for me? Maybe we could do that with those around us. If you prefer, can I ask the, the ministry team as well, if they don't mind having communion together, uh, just on this side, and then um, any, if, you, if you'd like prayer with the ministry team, uh, and, and rather than just those you around you, feel free just to go and, and pray with someone there. There's, there's guys there who will pray for you. Um, maybe if it's a bit more confidential, or, just, or you just would like to chat with them instead, instead that's absolutely fine. Uh, so as we share communion together, let's celebrate what Jesus has done, the gift of grace he has for us, and let's pray for each other in this area, that we would be open to all his Holy Spirit would do in our lives. Thank you.